Salutations, everybody. This is John Kaya Law coming to you today with episode 20 of the Dark Matter Myth podcast. This one here is called The Forever Fleeting and Fragmented Truth. Thanks for tuning in. Because of the connectivity and accessibility society now has within itself and across its vast landscape, and because of the sheer number of people, the 300 million people plus within our society, not to mention the 8 billion people that are around the world, our media companies can, without much difficulty, focus in on the fringe elements in our society. These fringe elements often come in the form of radical demonstrations, blatant racism and violence, with the biggest and latest national news encapsulating all three. So I'm sure you heard, but there was a uh, instance of a young black kid knocking on the wrong door, and because he was at the wrong door, he was shot by an elder white man. His name was Ralph Yarl, Just last night, two cheerleaders were shot for trying to get into the wrong car. They were in an identical car, and when they tried to enter a car matching the same description, the passenger inside unloaded his firearm upon the two young women. And around the same time, thousands of miles away in New York, a young 20-year-old white woman was killed in her car for pulling into the wrong driveway. While all of these instances are sickening and infuriating and preventable, these senseless killings are also performed and executed in respects to an individual's personal truth. If either of these three shooters were in alignment with a different personal truth, these shootings wouldn't have happened. But unfortunately, it isn't flowers or the sunset that is definitive of nature's art. But the truest creation of nature's art can only be seen within the perspective of an observer or within the personal truths that lie within each and every individual. This truth is like art because it is the only thing that is subjective. It isn't the painting that is subjective, but it is the truth of the observer that allows the observer to have a -a one-of-a-kind interpretation of the painting. And that is the truest of arts, the gift of observation. The downside to the gift of observation is that observation can be manipulated. Once observation is manipulated, it can lead to a form of brainwashing. And depending on who is doing the manipulating, you may see an uptick in erratic behavior. Behaviors like the shootings we talked about earlier, which may come as the result of an individual believing he is under the constant threat of imminent violence or death. You may see people start targeting vulnerable communities because an individual may feel that his way of life 
and respective powers within a society may change for the worse. And shit, you may even see uh, a guy in your beer aisle trashing all the Bud Lights, hiding from his own personal truth in a fit of blind rage. As unsatisfying as watching most of these events are, the truth is, these violent expressions and emotions that people tend to enact are one, are synonymous with the human experience and do not deserve to be curbed to the side, but instead these actions deserve much attention and much study. I say this because if things like violence and murder aren't studied with hopes to prevent them, they will be studied as a ways and means by powerful groups and interests for a tool in obtaining more. While simple acquisition and obtaining more should not be looked down upon, once the means devolves into a mechanism that is reliant on the exacerbation and exponential growth of trauma, then we have a problem. And this is because through trauma, the standard individual will have a very difficult time in interpreting ongoing trauma as something that will benefit them immediately. While this level of interpretation is one that is very beneficial and very advantageous to have as a human being, upon no person would I suggest the long and difficult road many people have to take in order to arrive at such a position. Now, while it is true, I would not suggest that particular journey. What is true and what is within my truth is that within this particular journey is where we all will find our salvation. Personally, when I think of salvation, I don't think of freedom from the devil. I don't think of being rescued from a big red guy with horns. I don't think of bringing death to my enemies. When I think of salvation, I think of a return to that innocence we all once had before society and the expectations of others ruined us, before we were bestowed with otherism and were told that particular people were our enemy. When I think of salvation, I think of finding the inner strength to release myself from everything I was once taught to the point where I can find a mere blade of grass and find wonderment and a sense of astonishment in its form and function. You know, one of the greatest naturally occurring forms and functions of nature that I see a lot of truth in is the glacier. You know, glaciers are an accumulation of uh, ice and rock and water and snow just pressurized and compacted upon itself over the many decades and centuries. A glacier may break off from its original form and form icebergs. 
And when you look at the iceberg, you know, you, you'll see a little tip at the top, but what's under the waterfall iceberg is much bigger than what uh, the tip demonstrates. When traveling on ship by an iceberg, you may look at the tip and, and think that it is of no significance. However, as seen with the Titanic cruise ship, this iceberg can tear into the hull of your ship and become the cause of a cataclysmic event. Not too long after such an event, you know, the iceberg may drift south and begin to melt away. And as it begins to melt away, it becomes a medium for sea life. It continues on and parts of it may begin to evaporate and in its upliftment in a vapor state, a rainbow may form. This vapor, which was once a piece of iceberg, now becomes rainwater. The rainwater may become drinking water for a local community. Some of that drinking water may be turned to ice. The ice may be turned to ice cream, and the ice cream would be served to small children within a local community. The children would enjoy the ice cream, and some of the ice cream would fall to the ground and would gather dust. Some of it would be thrown away, but the vast majority of the ice cream would become part of the children. Ultimately, this ice cream came from one source, which was the iceberg, which had its own source, which was the glacier. And in between these destinations, its existence remained true through softer, much transitional points. But ultimately, for the sake of this exercise, the source of the ice cream was the glacier. And during the many transformations of the glacier, its form and shape managed to do some pretty radical things and end up in some pretty radical places. But no matter what, given the right amount of time, which will in turn lead to the right and correct circumstances, those parts which were once disassembled from the original glacier would eventually, with time, become a glacier once again. Now, in reference to truth, this may not be the greatest demonstration one can give, but what it does is helps us visualize that all truth comes from a single point in time. All truth stems from a single action, one that can be defined as a singularity. During the course of a singularity, actions and outcomes become impossible to predict. A new singularity may give way to new branches of thoughts and practices. And within the extreme, a singularity may give birth to a whole new singularity. We can see this on the brink of our society when we're able to look at things like artificial intelligence and how in the very near future, Machines will be capable of self-improvement beyond human control. If you've ever been a fan of science fiction, you'll know that in a lot of these movies, once a technological singularity is reached, after looking at the data, machines with artificial intelligence tend to come to their own truth. And that truth is that we're dangerous and dangerous to the point 
that the environment would do much better without us around. Now, while this may or may not be true, what is true is that these stories, these tales of AI wiping us out, are man-made. And what this tells me is that humanity has a deep guilt inside. Because as of today, humanity is not acting in accordance with its deepest and most positive potential. And perhaps the most interesting point about that statement is that inversely, because humanity is at that belief, there's certain parts of humanity still willing to eliminate the entire thing for that reason. And if not willing, fantasizing about it anyway. But the truth is, that is exactly who we are. We are a multifaceted, complex species with animalistic tendencies and fantasies that we hide, cover up, and suppress so that no one else would think lowly or grow suspicious of us throughout our everyday lives when in fact we are apprehensive and untrustworthy of our own thoughts and our own minds that would tend to define who we are at our most fundamental levels of definition and presence. So who are you? Me? I'm everything you can imagine and more. I've been sought after, fought for, attacked. I've been deemed unworthy for life. I've been admired. I've been unwanted. I've been held in contempt. I've been exalted. I've been hailed and praised. I've been secluded and lashed out against. I've been loved. I've been hated. I've been dismissed. I've been sought after. I've been loving in the face of disrespect and disgust. And I've been hateful in the face of appreciation and acceptance. I've been helpless in the face of depression. And I've been hurtful in the face of depression. I've been numb to humiliation. And I've been energized in the face of degradation. I've been lost to materialism. And I've been found in absent-mindedness. I've been crippled to my anxiety. But I've also been paralyzed in the midst of my inspiration. I've been targeted and sabotaged due to my outer appearance. But I've also targeted myself in bouts of self-sabotage due to my insecurities. I've been violent and unforgiving in seeking revenge. But I've also been violent and unforgiving in seeking inner peace. I've been passive in the face of chaos. And I've been blissful in the face of mayhem. I've been confident in my own inexperience. And I've been self-doubting in my own mastery. And today, while I am present, accommodating and of great practicability, I know very not long from now I'll be futile 
insignificant and of very little value until I am forgotten. So on that note, I wanted to thank everybody for coming out today. Thanks for listening to this message. Um, if you like what I'm talking about, please purchase you the Dark Matter Myth comic book series available at www.darkmattermyth.com. It's a comic book series where I fuse hip hop history and, uh, you know, with a great message and uh, to use it as a tool to help plant the seeds of awareness in our youth and anyone looking for um, a greater sense of being. So uh, I guess that's that. Once again, this is John Law signing off to you today with episode 20 of the Dark Matter Myth podcast, the forever fleeting and fragmented truth for you today. I hope you were able to uh, grasp what I was talking about. And uh, peace and much love.
up guys I'm going to use this opportunity to talk to you from a uh, much more personal level so uh, you know when I do these podcasts I, I talk from a state that is without my ego what I what I try to do is I try to bring in my higher self and I try to deliver a clear and concise um, message that is also complex and sort of artsy in its deliverance but um yeah man I'm you know I'm just working I, I wanted to I'm thinking about adding these in uh at the end just so you guys get the sense that I'm not some dude I'm not some uh thou art holier than now motherfucker out here I'm just a I'm just a guy man I'm just a guy working a job you know got a little family trying to make a little money on the side you know I'm, I'm selling comic books and apparel um trying to do the right thing, trying to deliver a message that a lot of motherfuckers ain't strong enough to deliver, to be honest. You know, I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to build the brand. I'm trying to make people believe once again that, you know, it's all right to do the right thing, whatever that right thing is. You know, for too long, we've been told that we're not worthy to do anything, you know, and I just wanted to build something to uh, put forth something that is telling you the opposite, you know, that you are worthy, that you are intelligent, that you are capable. You know, that's my mission when I'm doing this, you know. You know, these personal tidbits may be a stretch, but here we are. If you guys like them, let me know. I'll keep them in. But this this one right here is an experiment. I did one last, last podcast, but, um, you know, I'm touching some hard subjects. In a, in a very artistic way I touched the trans issue With uh, episode 9 It was called uh, Too Close to God I like that episode And uh, you know I remixed it a couple times So you know If you know somebody dealing with Or who needs a expansion of thought On a trans issue Point them to Too Close to God I got a meditation one I got uh, my last one Talking about trauma and you know they're good messages if you know somebody who needs to hear the message or is looking for a different perspective or an expansion of perspective put them on you know put them on if you don't know me if you want to have a discussion with me email me you know I'm available I'm super available man um so I guess that's it. You know, this podcast was uh, inspired a little bit by some bullshit that happened to me on my, my work floor. You know, for those who don't know, I work I work for the United States Postal Service. And, uh, you know, some of these guys are fucking characters. That's all I have to say. But there's not a lot of critical thinking going on. And everybody got, a, everybody got 20 opinions on one subject. So... I'm going to leave it at that, you know, but, you know, I I really work in a low vibrational setting for the most part, but I do high vibrational activities. You know, I train jujitsu, I write, I proctor meditations for people. I do shit like that. You know, I'm always in the gym. I'm always active, but, um, you know, I just wanted to deliver some of these tidbits about myself for you guys who may be tuning in now, who haven't caught the first episode, who don't know me, who may be across the country, across the world. You know, um, I'm from Brooklyn, New York, but I live in Pennsylvania. And, you know, I just wanted to 
you know, throw some of this information out. This will be at the end of the podcast, so this will be like a a big PS, you know, this is, I guess, bonus shit, you know what I'm saying? But uh, all in all, yo, thanks, man, thanks for listening, just share it up, email me, I'm fairly handsome, you you know, you want a picture, I could do that for you, shit, I might start selling autograph pictures, man, who knows, man, pictures with my shirt off and shit, you know what I'm saying, you never know, you never know out here, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, I guess I'm in the here, man. So thank you for listening and my appreciation. Peace.